I'm Dr. Terry Fisher, a physician and voice technology futurist. Voice First Technology is rapidly becoming the operating system of our lives, and it will completely revolutionize the way we experience healthcare. Let's talk voice. Voice First Health, the future of health is voice. Well, hello and welcome to episode 11. Boy, I have a treat for you today. We have not only one, but two guests today, both from Vanderbilt University. Today we are speaking with Dr. Yakuma Crystal, who is an assistant professor at Vanderbilt. She is a pediatric endocrinologist and a biomedical informaticist. We are also speaking with Dan Albert, who is the associate director of health IT product development at Vanderbilt, and he is the lead engineer in the product that the two of them together are creating, which is Viva, which stands for Vanderbilt EHR Voice Assistant. And this is a service, a product that allows healthcare providers to access the relevant information in a patient's chart through voice. I think this is really, really exciting uh, work that they're doing. And it, as I say in the podcast, it's you know it hits home for me because I'm always looking for more efficiency in my medical practice. So without any further ado, I'm really excited to welcome uh, both Dr. Yakuma Crystal and Dan Albert onto the Voice First Health podcast. Welcome to the show, both of you. Hello, and how are you doing? Thank you so much for having us, Terry. Doing great. Hey, good morning. Thanks. My pleasure to have you guys on here. You're doing some really, really exciting work. And this one hits close to home for me as a physician because you're tackling the area of electronic health records and how we can use voice assistance to do that. We're going to get into that in great detail. But before we do that, I want to hear a little bit about your backgrounds and uh, and what you do. So maybe we can start with you, Yaw. Absolutely. I am a pediatric endocrinologist and a biomedical informaticist. I spend about 20% of my time seeing patients in the outpatient clinic and taking call. And the remainder of my time is actually spent with the biomedical informatics department and health IT coming up with ways to improve physician workflow, primarily through documentation and coming up with innovative strategies to solve problems. Wonderful. And how about yourself, Dan? I'm an associate director for our product development group in health IT. And we do custom software and service development in partnership with the Department of Biomedical Informatics uh, that YAH represents. And so we work on both operational and innovative efforts here at Vanderbilt. Wonderful, wonderful. So let's, let's talk about what you guys are producing. And perhaps we can first start off with what it is that you're doing and why you decided to do this. So maybe YAH, you want to take that one on. Absolutely. So the problem we're trying to solve is something that providers have been complaining about for a long time. And this isn't unique to the EHR per se, but finding information and trying to build a patient's story and a picture in your mind to help you understand what's important today and how you need to address the patient you're about to see has always been very challenging. Uh, I think it gets even more challenging with the EHR because it's so easy to gather and collect and amass information um, since you're not doing all the writing and copy for it, et cetera. So foraging through the EHR to find the relevant components to build a summary in your mind has always been a challenge for me personally. Uh, So we were trying to leverage existing tools and things that exist in the consumer domain, like voice assistants to say, well, what if we could dynamically pull out the relevant parts of the patient's picture and have it spoken back in natural language to the provider to help them understand what's going on for the day. Great. Now, this is obviously a very complex 
problem with lots of moving parts. And there must be a lot of technology, a lot of natural language processing and understanding going on. Um, Dan, maybe you can comment about sort of, you know, when you first started to tackle this issue, what were the, the first big um, challenges that you encountered and how do you deal with that? Yeah, good, good question. So we, we actually, this is sort of the second phase of, of the project. The first phase was around just what you're talking about, the, looking at the uh, speech-to-text and text-to-speech and natural language processing tools that were available and doing some evaluations of tools from Amazon, Google, Microsoft, et cetera, and uh, realizing that uh, for this effort, partnering with Nuance made a lot of sense, uh, both because of their experience in the medical domain uh, the way they were able to deal with medical vocabulary, and most importantly, because of their ability to support HIPAA content in, in a way that was compliant and safe. So that, that was sort of the first phase, and then also dealing with EHR integration issues so that once we had a partner that could help us interact with users and understand what they were asking for, we also, of course, needed to be able to figure out how to fulfill those requests from the EHR and, and present data in a way that was meaningful to users. Great, great. So with, the, the, with where you are right now, how, how does this work? Can you sort of explain to, to me and to the listeners, what, what is the process here? What, is the, what does a clinician do? How does, this, how does this product work that you guys are working on? So in order to use the voice assistant, which is named Viva for the Vanderbilt EHR voice assistant, the provider is able to launch the assistant in the context of a patient. We use the Epic EHR at Vanderbilt, um, but we're actually building this tool out a way that can eventually be EHR agnostic. But within Epic, within the context of a patient, you launch an interface window that has a simple microphone and a speaker and a window that can present uh, content back to you. And you enable the microphone and you ask a question such as, tell me about this patient or what was their height or what was their last A1C. The language is processed um, through the Nuance NLP software, and then we do the fulfillment in our end to generate what we consider useful summaries for the provider to let them know um, the information they wanted within the relevant content of the patient. One of the things that we're really trying to make sure we do is make the summaries that come back as concise yet useful as possible. So for example, when a provider asks, what's this patient's weight? Certainly they want to know how much the patient weighs. But what you really want to know is, are they gaining weight? Are they losing weight? Does this mean that they're getting better or well? Is their weight considered normal for their age or not? And these are the kinds of things we try to pull together to give a summary back to say, uh, Mr. Jones ha is currently 65 kilograms. He has uh, gained five kilograms since his last encounter with you um, two months ago. And that just gives you a little more context to understand the bigger picture. Sure. How are you determining what information for this assistant to provide to you? Like, how, how do you make that decision? What, what is the useful information that, a, that the average clinician wants to know? That is what we're working to figure out right now. To start off with, in terms of the skills that we're building, it, we're really just um, going for the low-hanging fruit and things that's already well-structured and well-defined in the EHR. And also by looking at clinical notes that people write and things that people are communicating to each other, we can extrapolate and say, well, someone made the effort to write this in a clinical note. Therefore, this is something that would be considered, quote-unquote, useful to communicate to another person. 
But actually, during the next few months, we're going to be doing usability studies with our providers um, to go through the skills that we've created and the summaries we've generated and have them give us feedback about, well, how useful is this for you? What's missing in here? What's extra in here and actually does not provide value to you in your decision making? Right, right. No, that makes a lot of sense. And I know one of the things that you've spoken about and, and you've looked at uh, review articles and that sort of thing, one of the issues with um, the voice technology is it's a linear type of interaction. Perhaps, Dan, do you want to comment on that and the, 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 uh, the challenges that that provides in, in this context? Yeah, that's a great point. So, so we, don't, we certainly don't anticipate some sort of solution where providers will always want to use voice for every interaction with the HR. It's an additional modality um, as an option. And, and so even now with our, with our initial solution and prototype, We've got the, the ability, for example, to say either tell me about this patient patient or show me about this patient. And, and tell me means speak, speak the information out loud and display it on the screen. Show, show me means just show it on the screen. Um, so, so you can imagine you know, somebody talking to the, the system while also navigating uh, through various screens um, you know, simultaneously. And, and furthermore, to ex- extend the point Yah was making, the, the goal is to be able to um, have really parsimonious interactions that result in, uh, you know, contextually sensitive information that's r- summarized really well and that's very rich. I see. Well, that's great. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to imagine myself using, using this voice assistant. And so, you know, for me, for, for the use case, so the first thing that I, I would do when I, when I see I've got a patient on my day sheet is I want to go into the chart and have a quick review kind of refresh my memory of what are the issues, what are the active uh, problems that we need to deal with. And so if I were using the system, I would, I, I guess my question is, what would, I, what would I do? How would I interact? And what's the kind of response that I would get to get that first overall when I'm opening the chart? One of the first components of um, the things we tried to tackle was a general summary, just exactly as you described, orienting the provider to who this patient is to you and what the problem you're trying to solve for them today might be. So the summary that we have right now um, pulls um, general demographics like Sally is a 12-year-old female here for follow-up for tonsillitis. And all those things were able to pull directly from the chart. And one of the strategies um, that we're using is um, whenever we can, we try to make a smart on, smart on fire uh, reference call so that, again, this information could be more generalizable and is not tied just to the EHR that you have. Um, and then we'll give information about the last visit they had with you or the last visit they had within the system. So you can say, well, they're here for this right now. Last time they were here Um, for so-and-so, and then maybe another, what they have upcoming. And then right now, the use cases we're building out on, because I'm an endocrinologist, um, and I think diabetes is the most important disease in the world, um, (laughs) we're building to satisfy the use case of a patient with diabetes. And from that, we can generalize um, to other diseases once we can justify that this workflow actually makes sense. So it tells you what the patient's A1C is, um, and we're building skills to tell you what health maintenance they're due for um, based on how long they've had the condition and uh, what other things have currently been satisfied wow that's that's great that's great and so what's going on in terms of the testing of this um what are what are people saying what's the what is the feedback that you're getting uh when people try out this voice assistant 
It's been really positive, actually. And I, I think this is kind of a running theme with um, other folks who've used any kind of voice technology, be it Siri or Alexa or Google. When it works, it's magical. You're like, wow, I can't believe we're here with technology. This is so futuristic. Mm-hmm. When it doesn't work, it is, it's beyond a fail, you know? Right. Um, and it, what's interesting about interacting with voice technology is when there's like a lag or a lack of a response, it's equivalent to someone giving you like a dumb stare when you ask them a question. It's one thing when you're typing something into a computer and there's that spinning wheel, there's that lag. We already have this expectation with technology we interact with that it will behave like that sometimes. But because voice is so new and voice is so kind of inherently human and natural and part of what we do, there are just these preset expectations of how something should respond to you when you use voice. So if there's ever a disruption in that um, infrastructure and that uh, interaction, then people become more than disappointed. So what we're trying to make sure is that we're, we have it, the platform as tight as possible so that people um, are getting the responses they expect. Great, great. Now, Dan, what about, obviously you've, you've, you've designed this so that you can get information out of the chart. Um, are you or are there plans to be able to actually control the EHR and, for, for example, do things like, you know, I need a requisition printed for or I need a requisition sent for lab tests or for radiology, uh, imaging, that sort of thing? Is, is that in the roadmap or have you done that? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's in the roadmap. The, we, all, we always want to do things in an iterative fashion here. And so sort of our, our first iteration is really about getting information from the chart and trying to be really smart about that in a way that actually helps providers and makes their day better. But we want to get good at that and get some experience with that under our belt uh, with, with significant usage and so forth before we really take the next step into writing orders and doing things that are, that are going to directly change the patient's care. Right, gotcha. And the other th- topic that has come up a lot on this podcast, uh, as you know, and, and you sort of alluded to this earlier, is the HIPAA compliance and, and how that is definitely a challenge at the moment when it comes to using things like Alexa and Google and, and so on. Um, what's, what's, what's the deal with that and your, and your voice assistant at the, at the current state? I'll yeah. start and I'll let uh, Dan speak towards the majority of it. Just to say that, um, as he mentioned, in the beginning, we were evaluating a lot of different platforms and um, we m- met with a lot of representatives from these different companies, including um, IBM and Microsoft and uh, Google and Amazon to try to find out what would make sense and which of these platforms could best support these interactions we were trying to build. And time and again, we found that the biggest limitation was that they didn't have a way to protect PHI, which is obviously a very important thing in the work that we do. But it was all, it's on their roadmap. And I mean, any of these companies will tell you that this is something they're going to try to achieve. But getting to that place certainly takes a lot of work and a lot of bureaucracy. Um, and w- what when we had the discussion with Nuance, um, we were very happy to find out that they were actually already building out a platform that could support that infrastructure because, again, this is kind of in the body of uh, work they already do with medical dictations and translations and transcriptions. Great. Yeah. Anything to add to that, Dan? Well, yes, that's exactly right. So Nuance is using Azure and they're using a HIPAA compliant instance of Azure. Uh, for storage. And then, of course, we have our own internal infrastructure that's part of this project as well. And of course, that's been HIPAA compliant for a long time. Wonderful. No, that's that's great. 
Um, and so you, you actually answered one of my questions earlier, but this is not just going to apply to the HR that you're using, which is Epic, I understand. Um, but the, the idea is to eventually be able to build this out to other EHRs. Um, can you comment a little bit more on that in terms of the challenges to do that? Is that something that's relatively easy? Is it difficult? Because I imagine there are lots of places for lots of data to be stored in, you know, in these different EHRs. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dan, I'll let take the first whack at this, but um, yeah, this is this has definitely been one of the more challenging things we've experienced. Go ahead, Dan. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's right. So, so even with a leading vendor like Epic, they're, they've heavily invested in Fire and so forth. But even there, already, not everything that we need access to is currently available via Fire calls. So we're doing what we can to get information using standards like Fire. And that gives us a big head start. But the, the reality is that um, right now, as things mature, there, there are still data elements that we need to get through custom API calls and so forth. So th those kinds of things would have to be tweaked to go to another EHR, but we're getting a big head start using the standards. Wonderful. Wonderful. Absolutely. And for things like labs, et cetera, um, where you have to very well define the element that you want to pull out. Like within Epic, they have an interface where you can, you know, type in the lab you want and it already has groupings of labs. So if you say sodium, it will show you values for different kinds of sodiums. But now um, we have to do the work of identifying every specific LOINT code <laughs> for every sodium that could possibly exist so that when someone asks for a sodium, um, we won't give them a null response back just because we didn't have that LOINT code in place. So that definitely adds to the complexity because the pre-curation has not been done already and we're essentially doing that. Great, great. So maybe just a couple last questions here to, to, to finish up. You know, now that you have, you're, you're building this out and you're trying it out, what do you feel is the biggest impact that this has had on, on your practice? Yeah. I think the biggest impact for me is just being able to have the information summarized back in a way that is useful and in a way that's more natural where I'm not having to put the pieces together myself. Um, I use the prototype um, when preparing for patients, mostly for the summary, mostly for the weight trends and things like that. And um, being able to naturally ask for something that you need and getting the information back allows me to do more multitasking at the same time. And it takes it to a different level of interaction with the HP um, EHR where I'm not just typing all the time to try to find the things I need, but as if I were interacting with another colleague or a student, I could just ask naturally, which is something that we do anyway as people. We ask for the things we need. Um, and that's just been a more satisfying experience for me. Sure. And I, and I just of another follow-up question onto that. So when you're using this system in front of a patient, what is the patient's impression of this? I have used this. I've shown the um, prototype to a few of my patients, um, and they're they get really excited. Um, specifically, I'll show them the things to do with like the height trend and the weight trend, um, and th they're actually they're really like, "Wow, I didn't know we could do these kinds of things yet." Um, and uh, when it works, I had one time where we had kind of a lag, and um, but when when we were able to get the um, response fulfilled, then they were very happy with the way it looked. And one of the things that um, we're really hoping that this interaction provides um, regarding the patient-provider interaction is to free up the doctor from being tied to the screen of the computer and allow them to call out things they want, ask for um, information they need without having to 
stare at the screen and can spend their time and energy engaging with the patient as if you had a scribe in the room and you said, well, when's their next appointment with me? Because you're trying to figure out with them when the next uh, time they should come back to get a blood draw or something. You would just want to ask someone that and have them um, look that up for you versus having to go to the computer yourself. Um, And this is an interaction that we hope to be able to fulfill for the providers. Wonderful. I know that uh, Dan has to run here very soon. Dan, I wonder if we can just get you to comment on where do you see the future going in terms of this voice technology and these and these types of assistants and, and the uh, and the computer science behind this. Yeah, great question. So I, I think that uh, the, the more we're able to do with, again, really using context in, in a smart way and predicting what people want, the more useful this will be. And, and I think uh, that we're just, you know, sort of at the beginning of the the curve here and the tip of the iceberg in terms of what this kind of interface will provide. So I think it's going to become naturally a larger and larger part of our interactions. And, and hopefully, not as you said, not only will it allow us to get data, but also to place orders and otherwise interact with, with and then in fact, also be part of the patient's interaction with their own chart um, through patient portals and so forth. Well, wonderful. Hey, thanks so much to both of you for spending some of the time here. This is really exciting stuff. And as I said right at the beginning, you know, um, I'd love to have some type of voice assistant like this helping me with my patient interactions. So so great work. It's really exciting. I'll have to follow up uh, with you guys at some point here in the future and, and see, see what the developments are. Um, where can people learn more about what you guys are doing? To get more information about the work that we're doing, I think the best thing would do to be to email me. Um, I field emails multiple times a day, um, and they can email me at yaakumah at gmail dot com. And um, yeah, Dan, any 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 other final comments? No, it's just uh, really exciting to be part of this work and and partnering with uh, the department and Yah, and excited to see where we go next. Wonderful. Well, again, thanks both. Thanks to both of you very much. Really exciting. And uh, I look forward to uh, staying in touch and seeing what you guys are up to in the future. And thank you, Terry, for your great work getting the message out to folks about these new interaction modalities in health and how they really have the potential to impact patient care. Wonderful. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Well, Yaw and Dan, as you can tell, I am really excited by your work. I think this is one of the really, really... uh, fantastic, effective, uh, most uh, disruptive ways that we can use the voice technology to really impact uh, patient care, but but particularly from the clinician's point of view, making the clinician that much more efficient, that much more present in the interactions with the patients. I think this is a win-win all around. So uh, I really uh, am looking forward to staying in touch with both of you and seeing how this progresses and uh, seeing where this takes us over the next uh, months and and years. Thank you again for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate that, as I'm sure the listeners do as well. And for you, the listeners, of course, you can get all of the information today at the show notes page, which you will find at voicefirsthealth.com slash 11. And uh, again, if you have not subscribed, please make sure you have subscribed because these interviews are just going to keep coming as we continue to explore the Voice First Health space. Until next time, have a great week and I will talk to you soon.